This is Truth Talks. Thank you all for tuning in to Truth Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in today. And uh, back, we're talking about the shuns. <laughs> all of the shuns. And uh, with me today is the uh, pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I am excited, buddy, to be with you as always. Oh, yeah. We're about to get down with the get down. <laughs> the, uh, the shuns is what we're talking about. Last shuns. time, we kind of left you... Uh, with a little bit, and ironically, uh, our children actually studied this uh, this summer <laughs> at, camp. at camp, and uh, they were told what the shuns were. So we're 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 gonna give you uh, just a. I, I want to go in a, a certain direction uh, from the last two talks that we had uh, here on the Truth Talks podcast. So here are the shuns once again, just in case you uh, didn't listen to the other one. I would definitely advise you to. But here are the shuns. Regeneration, redemption, reconciliation, justification, propitiation, adoption, glorification, and election. Mm. So election is kind of where we were. And uh, last time, uh, Pastor Maddox mentioned the sovereignty of God. And uh, along with that is who he elects, who he chooses. Mm -hmm. Um, So... uh, one thing that I, I will say, and this I'm literally repeating what uh, Pastor Matt has said in our men's Bible study on Saturday morning. He has literally said that we really cannot understand election until we understand all the rest of the shuns. Yeah. And uh, it's it's very important. And the big thing that I have in my notes, it, it, it is literally two big black arrows <laughs> pointing to the roots of this tree, which are the shuns. And it says, none through me, all through Christ. Amen. And uh, that is the answer to your question that was last time. Uh, All of these shuns are not done by us or by any human. They're all done through Christ. Every every single one of those are directly tethered to the person and work of Christ. Mm -hmm. And throughout Scripture, right, we're even elected in Christ, right? We're redeemed by Christ. We're reconciled through Christ. We're justified uh, by Christ. I mean, it's all through the work of Christ by the sovereign grace of God. There's not one stitch of anything that a, that a person gives to any of the shuns. Mm-hmm. It's all the free sovereign grace of God. Mm-hmm. Free in the sense of it was his own free will, God's own free pleasure to give them to all who believe. Mm-hmm. And it's all his work. Regeneration, this this marvelous, majestic work when God changes the heart from a heart of stone, as Ezekiel says, and gives him a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. When he takes him and goes from a dead man to a living man, when he breathes life like the, like the uh, Ezekiel with the dry bones, mm-hmm. that's all God's work. Man doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's not a response to what man does man then believes and responds because of what god has done right so the whole root system of salvation Mm -hmm. the whole foundation for everything that is divinely given by god is the sovereign grace of god it's sovereign salvation we we do nothing we offer nothing we bring nothing 
like uh, John Cal. I know it was Jonathan Edwards. I think Jonathan Edwards said, the only thing we bring to salvation is the sin that demands it, mm-hmm. that necessitates salvation. That's the only thing we bring. Mm-hmm. We bring our sin, our filth, our condemnation, mm-hmm. and God does every single thing else. And that's what I love about that, the way we're studying this and going through it. It opens your eyes as you individually see each of those roots in the tree of salvation you start to realize i have nothing to do with any of this Mm -hmm. and we don't that goes back to the original conversation we had a couple podcasts ago about assurance of salvation Mm -hmm. when this is the anchor of your life when it's all a work of god then there's nothing but assurance that comes out of that Mm -hmm. and you start to realize the amazing grace of god that's all that is Mm -hmm. is the grace of god and i want to read you a quote real quick uh it says when the root system is religion, you're a, on a weak foundation, mm-hmm. and that religion would be what you do. Yep. The, the the man the, man man centered, man yeah. driven, man generated. Mm-hmm. And do you know who said that quote? I don't. You did. Oh, uh, Matt White. That? I yeah. put it. Matt White. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said that, but you were really literally. I'm sure I probably got it from somebody else because <laughs> rarely do I ever say anything worth quoting. But all you're doing is taking the the, the summing up scripture in, in, a, in a little thing, and yeah. and, and it's really. The, well, that goes the, back to Matthew seven. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And the key point. Yep. The key point is really all of those shuns are the roots to yes. the tree, and the fruit is godliness. Yes. And so all of those shuns are the. Let's bring another shun in, right? Mm-hmm. All of those shuns are the foundation for assurance, mm-hmm. right? That's that's where your assurance lies in those things. I, not, was, I was waiting for a shun. Yeah, I know. It, I, I it was. The uns- I was. I was going to make one. I was going to make one up. <laughs> Uh, my West Virginia was coming up. <laughs> we're, we're, we're known for making up dialects and uh, words. And so uh, I can't even say assertion because yeah, that's not, that's, no, that's, no, no. that's okay. Yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so back to what we were saying all the roots, all the shuns are the roots. And yes. that is. Uh, where the godliness comes from, and yeah. that's that's another podcast that we, we'll talk about that later. Yes. But what we really want to focus on is God choosing yes. uh, who He chose. Yes. And uh, the thing about it is, you know, when we're talking about Judas, and we're also talking about the uncompromising church, yeah. and we're talking about people walking away from the faith that yeah. people think that they had. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to not who we are, but who God is. Yeah. And what He does. So these shuns are actually the spot on with exactly how we should understand uh, all of these things, all of this in this mashup and mm-hmm. this intersection uh, of all of this stuff. I did not say intersectionality. No. I said at Praise the, the intersection. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and and that's the thing. All of these things are, they, they all flow from the, one particular person. The heart, mind, will of God. That's it. That's it. So, yes. So going back to um, Judas and Judas was chosen, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus says that in, in uh, John chapter 6. You know, here's the 12. Did I not choose you? Yet one of you is a devil. So um, you got to remember when you study the doctrine of election, and of course this is a bigger subject than the podcast will allow at this moment, but we'll keep talking about it for years to come because it's, I believe it's one of the greatest doctrines in all the Bible because it brings uh, assurance of salvation. It yeah. brings joy. It, it's, it literally is one of the most joy-producing truths in all the Scripture. And uh, we need to know it better. We need to celebrate it. We need to praise God for it. But when you have to understand that 
uh, oftentimes the word choice, the word uh, decree, the word uh, appoint, the word elect, all these different words that are used for sovereign grace mm-hmm. or sovereign salvation or even sovereign determination, it doesn't always mean salvation, mm-hmm. right? And so Judas was chosen sovereignly by God, i.e. Judas was given a task sovereignly by God, meaning he was he was brought to a point to do something just as Pharaoh was, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just as Cyrus was when, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, uh, 200 years before he's even born, uh, Isaiah's prophesying that Cyrus is the man of God to deliver his people who haven't even been put in captivity yet. Right. And so, I mean, God chooses people for all kinds of things. He chose uh, Balaam's donkey to be mm-hmm. a prophet in the stand in the way of the false prophet, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Just because God chooses something doesn't always mean it's a, it's salvific, right? It could be a task. It could be whatever. Because God is sovereign over everyone, everywhere, everything, all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what Scripture teaches emphatically. So, yes, Judas, Judas was chosen to fulfill Scripture and to uh, be part and parcel of what uh, God was doing in the cross. And uh, that's exactly what Peter says in Acts chapter 1. Literally, he says, um, and I... And, and I and I love it because Peter stands up. Here's the boldness of Peter now beginning to demonstrate uh, true salvation. He's standing up in the midst of confusion, and he's starting to lead. And he says, verse 16, chapter 1, Brothers, the Scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Right? And so this was, this was prophesied long before um, any of this happened, and that's what Judas did. He played his part. He did his thing, right? And um, and then it goes on even talking about uh, what happened to Judas and then even um, how it was prophesied that he needed to be replaced, and hence why they picked, um, ch- ch- chose two men, and the Lord picked Matthias. And mm-hmm. so, uh, but uh, it's so helpful to see that even in the choice of Judas, he was chosen to fulfill a task, and he did. But none of that denies the fact that it was through his own evil choices, mm-hmm. right? So Judas is sinful, wicked, and culpable, responsible for that sin, mm-hmm. right? Not God, but God is still sovereign over it. That's the amazing thing about our God. Man. Judas is culpable. He is guilty. Mm-hmm. Just because God is sovereign, he can't say, well, I didn't have a choice in the matter. Absolutely you did. Mm -hmm. You chose of your own free will to do what you did. And that's where the reality of God's sovereignty becomes clear. When you understand that every single human being is born a rejecter of God, a slave of Satan, a slave of sin, they will always choose. They will always choose self over God. Mm -hmm. And so Satan, or excuse me, Judas was only doing what he what he did naturally in himself he's going to choose his own way mm-hmm. and so god natural or god sovereignly controls all of that bringing about his own desired will pleasure and and so um at the end of the day man is free not like man thinks he is mm-hmm. he's free to follow his heart but his heart is not free his heart is enslaved mm-hmm. so man will always choose himself always so that is where salvation comes in Man will never choose God. That's why John 6, Jesus said, no one will come to me except the Father draws him mm-hmm. because man will always choose self. He will always choose. He will never choose God. And yet, when God passes over man and doesn't choose him, man is doing what he wants to do. 
mm-hmm. and so therefore he is receiving the just penalty for his sin, not because God didn't choose him, but because he has chosen to reject God. Right. And so um, that's that's the reality that Scripture teaches over and over again. And so it's never that God doesn't choose people. That's always the way it gets phrased, you know, even in the guy who just uh, quote-unquote abandoned the faith, which is so not even the right way to describe it, from Hillsong. And that was one of the things he said. He said, how can, how can I love a God who, you know, abandons four billion people to hell or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It didn't even make sense what he said, but I understand. Where to get four billion people yeah, from? Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> like, but, but I understand what he's saying, yeah. right, because I know the argument. And at the end of the day, right, listen, the amazing thing is not that he doesn't choose everybody to be saved, and that was never his plan. I mean, Scripture is clear. He's n- his, it was never his plan to save everyone because if, if that was, he failed miserably. Yeah. Right? So it was always his plan to save a certain few. Mm-hmm. And it, Scripture is clear about that. But the issue isn't that he doesn't save everyone. The issue is why does he save anybody? Yeah. Because no one deserves it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and this comes up in Scripture a lot, even in parables, right? And uh, the parable of... Uh, of the good workers and the bad workers and you know and they're complaining over the money and Jesus pays them all the same in the parable the the master pays them all the same and they all agreed to the payment but even some only worked an hour and the other guys worked like 12 hours and mm-hmm. the guys that worked 12 hours expected to get more and it's an interesting parable and Jesus just he's laying it out and saying listen I can do what I want you agreed to this mm-hmm. and I'm just being faithful to what I said and there's so much of that even tied to the to the doctrine of of election and and God does what he does for the pleasure of his own will and we're learning a lot about this in our men's bible study and it's so encouraging to mm-hmm. see men gaining clarity and confidence and conviction about these things as we slowly work through them but as it pertains to Judas and this will get fleshed out a, a lot on Sunday as we talk about false repentance and true repentance um, you start to realize he was chosen for a task. He fulfilled Scripture. Scripture p- prophesied this would happen. It happened. Again, it's another confidence in the sovereignty of, of God. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And yet Judas remains. Again, Peter, let, pre- let, let Peter preach, right? Look, he says it. He says it in his first sermon. And after he already says it in Acts 1 that what Judas did was prophesied and it needed to happen. Then he says it again in Acts chapter 2. Um, and he's preaching, and he's condemning the Jews who are listening to him as the ones who crucified Christ. And then he says, this Jesus delivered up, watch, according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible. For What verse is that? That's verse 23 and 24. Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. He was delivered up exactly how God planned it. Watch this. Next sermon, chapter 4. He goes on, and he's, and he's they're released from prison, and um, they're praying. This is a phenomenal prayer. As, Jesus, as, Ju, as uh, Peter is released, Peter and John, they're released, and now they go back, and they're explaining what's going on, and they start praying to the Lord for his, praising the Lord for his sovereign grace. Look at verse 24. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Look, sovereign Lord, I love it, who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in in them. And they go on in verse 27. For truly in this city 
there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people, peoples of Israel. Watch this, verse 28. To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon these their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Mm. God's wow. sovereignty, right? Yeah. So he's saying, look, everything happened according to. But these guys are evil. That's how he describes them. Wicked men, how he described them in chapter 2. They're evil, wicked, mean they're guilty for mm-hmm. what they did, mm-hmm. right? They're showing the depth of their depravity. Yet they didn't do anything outside of the will of God. Mm-hmm. That's that mystery between God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. One thing you're going to hear me bring up on Sunday is this reality of that I think is fascinating, um, looking at Judas's false repentance or worldly grief, be a better way to say it, versus true repentance. I think, I think um, the moment when Judas throws the money, right, when he says, I've sinned against innocent blood, mm-hmm. you, you have to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, again, the proof that he was never a genuine believer in what he does just f- proves what we already identified in John six about uh, Judas being a devil. And it, it's interesting. What is the difference at that moment between Peter and Judas? Right. They both, cause Judas cries. He weeps, he weeps bitterly. He throws the money. I'm done with this. I've, I've, I've sinned against innocent blood. What, what's the difference? The difference is, uh, the reaction. Judas turns to himself. Mm-hmm. Repentance is always about turning to God, mm-hmm. forsaking the sin and having faith in God to deal with it, mm-hmm. casting your, your lot, casting your cares, casting yourself at the mercy of God. That's, excuse me, <clears throat> that's what happens in true repentance. Mm-hmm. Judas doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. He runs to himself. He hangs himself. Here's what's, here's what's always fascinated me. In, this is the grace of God. In that moment, right, mm-hmm. the plan was done. Mm-hmm. Judas fulfilled all that Scripture prophesied right. in that sense, right? It was done. The deed was done. The, the time was set. Jesus was going to be crucified just as, uh, as God had prophesied and planned at just the right time during the Passover, when the Passover lambs, and Judas helped orchestrate all of that as I showed last Sunday. Mm-hmm. However, the deed's done. Judas doesn't have to die. Right. He could have repented right there. Mm-hmm. His eyes were open. He saw. He saw, yeah. right? But what he didn't see, right? He saw what he did, but he was. it was all about what he wasn't getting. Mm-hmm. He was broken over the fact that he wasn't getting what he wanted. It was worldly grief, which leads to death. It was not repentance. But had he repented, had he petered, right? Had he done what Peter did mm-hmm. and turned to the Lord, he would have been forgiven. Yeah. I believe that with all my heart mm-hmm. because that's what Scripture teaches. Right. If, if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. Yeah. Judas would have been forgiven and then proven to be a true apostle, a true disciple. And um, I just think that's fascinating. It shows the depth of the mercy and grace of God that it was Judas's choice. All along, It was his heart. All it was was his wicked heart doing what it wanted to do, which is what sin wants to do to destroy, and it ultimately destroys him as he commits suicide, kills himself, murders himself. Would it be safe to say that instead of Judas seeing God being in control and God's power, he wanted to take matters and hit the power and the choices into his own hands? Would it be safe to say that? Well, it would be safe to say what the text says, that he was a thief, 
meaning he wanted the money for himself. He wanted everything for himself. He wanted the prosperity. He wanted the position. He wanted the power. He wanted everything. Mm -hmm. That was the whole point. And he was discontented. He was frustrated. He was disillusioned. He was totally blown away that Jesus wasn't going to give him what he wanted Mm -hmm. in the end, meaning his agenda for Jesus didn't work out. Jesus had his own agenda, but Judas has his. That's Mm -hmm. the whole point. Mm -hmm. And Judas finally wakes up and says, yeah, Jesus isn't going to do what I want, so now I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to get all I can. That's why the 30 pieces of silver I'm going to try to sell them I'm going to get all the money I can it's about me mm-hmm. and then he has this this epiphany this moment of recognition which I think is 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 uh, interesting I have a number of ideas about that and why he comes to at that moment and says I have sinned and what's going on there but the saddest part of the whole story was instead of uh, uh, instead of turning to Christ or turning to God he turns to himself and that is the mark of classic mark of the unbeliever hmm. and had he turned to god his sins would have been forgiven mm-hmm. because god is that gracious god is that merciful but again all of that just goes to prove that um, he was never chosen by the father hmm. had he been chosen he would have done that just like peter peter was no different meaning peter abandoned peter betrayed peter cursed christ mm-hmm. and uh, but why does peter come back mm-hmm. why it's not peter It has nothing to do with Peter. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with what Jesus told Peter when he said, uh, Peter, you're going to betray me. You're going to abandon me. You're going to deny me. No, Lord, never. I will never do that. (laughs) Forbid it, Lord. You know, Mm -hmm. pompous, pious Peter like us, right? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, oh, you're going to do it. Trust me. And he says, and I know because Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, imagine being Peter, being told Satan has come to demand you, to demand to sift you like wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Jesus, but think of here. Here's the assurance. But I have prayed for you. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. Yeah, but I have prayed for you. What does he pray? That your faith would not fail. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's the assurance of our salvation. Yeah, right. It's not my faith. It's it's it's. Listen, in Pilgrim's Progress, this is awesome. I'm sorry, but it's one of my favorite books that we learned in one of the previous podcast apart from the bible mm-hmm. and there's this there's this there in the interpreter's house there's this picture or this scene that's that's displayed and there's this uh fire in this like fireplace and this guy keeps throwing water on the fire and it won't go out and there's this guy buckets and he just keeps dousing water on it and mm-hmm. the fire just keeps going and the interpreter's there and and christian's trying to figure out what's going on interpreter do you know what's going on and and he's like, no, this is crazy. And he says, come here, I'll show you. And they walk around the back of the fire. And there's a man with an oil can that keeps pouring oil on the fire to where it won't go out. And the whole analogy is our faith. Mm-hmm. Satan and our own wicked heart is throwing water on the flame of our faith all the time. But it doesn't go out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is there constantly pouring the oil mm-hmm. of the word of God and mm-hmm. our trust in God on that flame. It will not go out. And mm-hmm. that is exactly what Peter is learning when Jesus says, I have prayed for you. And then it goes on, right? That your faith would not fail. This is, this is like the greatest confidence in all the world. And Peter, when you return, think about it, <laughs> sovereign God, mm-hmm. not if maybe I know, fight it, Peter, fight it for the two of us, Peter. I mean, think about it, right? If it was like this whole free will <laughs> idea, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Open, you know, open theism. Well, I'm not really sure what you're going to do, Peter, but I believe in you. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't say that. Right. Emphatically, definite, clear, 
dogmatic. When you return, Peter, strengthen the brothers. How could he say that? He's mm-hmm. sovereign. Yeah. His prayer. The prayers of Jesus are always answered. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. There's not a prayer he prays that the Father does not answer. Yeah. That's good. Even when he prays, deliver me from this hour, right? Mm-hmm. But not my will, but yours be done. He was delivered through it. Yeah. He endured through it, and the Father delivered and resurrected. There is not a prayer that Jesus ever prays that the Father does not answer, and he is praying for you mm-hmm. and for me, for all the true believers, that their faith would not fail. That will always be in. That's the assurance of mm-hmm. our salvation. So give us the gospel while you're there. Well, the gospel is that man is is a wretched sinner. We were born and we were born by God, created for God, and to enjoy Him forever, mm-hmm. right? But we have rebelled against that because we don't want God to be God. Mm-hmm. We want to be God. That's the nature of our hearts. That's the nature of sin. We rebel against God. We reject Him. And God is a holy God, and we are therefore unholy, sinful, and therefore we must pay the penalty for our sin. But God in his grace and mercy gave away so where we wouldn't have to deal with the penalty, pay the penalty of our sin, but he would give us his son. And he sent his son to earth to live the perfect life we could not live and to die the perfect death we could never die. And he did that on the cross. And the gospel is repent of your sins. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ alone and your sins will be forgiven and you will be placed in the family of God and have eternal life forever. Amen. Amen. And again, thank you all for tuning into the Truth Talks podcast. If you did not hear me speak a whole lot on this podcast, it's because I wasn't supposed to. Sorry. Man. I just, nope, that that was good. It's, it's push, really good. Push, you push those buttons and <laughs> you know how to get me going. Yeah, I just, that that's the whole point. I just said, <laughs> hey, doctrine of elections. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> it's all and good. We didn't even really get onto we, it. We didn't. That's all good. <laughs> we got some more coming up for you. Thank you all for tuning in. Please subscribe to the podcast as well. Take care. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.